And I see people have been greeting us and saying hello to us. And you know, today's come and see, Jesus said to some of his followers one time, he said, come and see. Today's is come and share. Share with your friends and your family on Facebook and invite them to come and join us today. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes before I begin the message and, and just say that this is a time like no other that I can remember living through, and I'm sure it's the same for you. 146 nations have been affected by this coronavirus at my last count, and that may be even more today. Here in Michigan, it's a cold, sunny day, and um, we are grieving for those who've already lost loved ones, and we're praying for those on the first line. Pastor Corey was praying for people this morning. Uh, we're praying for our doctors and physicians and nurses and just asking the Lord to touch them, our police department, our firefighters, and I hope that you will pray with us as well. But I really believe that the Lord has several things to say to us. Number one, this didn't catch God off guard. God didn't cause this, but then no way did this catch guard, God off guard. God is in control. And we're going to talk about, in just a few minutes, how to pray during this crisis. Last week, we talked about how to respond in the crisis. But before I preach the message, I just want to say to you, number one, this church is going to walk with you. Woodland family, our community, God has put us here for such a time as this. And we're going to go through this thing together. This will pass. This will, this will all be over with before long. I don't know how long it will be. I don't know how long we're going to have to do this. I will tell you this. I think the devil thought he could shut the church down. The first announcements I heard about Sunday morning was about closing anything down. The first announcement I heard was churches should close down on a Sunday morning. And I'm thankful and grateful that that was quickly retracted and restated. But it is interesting that even the world knows that on Sunday mornings, most of the people here in the United States are in church. They're worshiping the Lord. And I'm just so glad you've joined with us to worship with us today. The second thing I want you to know is Becky and I are going to walk through this with you. Yesterday, Becky and some of the volunteers from Woodland were out visiting children and leaving gifts with them. And they did something I thought was so unique. And I hope I say this right. My wife's sitting right out here encouraging me this morning. Is it called Ding Dong Dash? Is that what it was? I'd never heard of that until she told me. But they would go up to a door and they would ring the doorbell and leave a little gift behind for the children. And she said, when I was leaving, we'd see children jumping up and down on the porch and, and waving. Well, I want you to know we're here for you. If you're shut in or if you're sick and you need help, we'll get groceries to you. We'll get whatever you need. We may just ring the doorbell and drop it there at your, at your front door so you can pick it up. Or if you need help getting things in your house, we'll do the same thing. But we're going to get through this thing together. And I am so thankful that Woodland has so many small groups because our small groups are key. And right now, at this point, unless there's a different directive issued, I'm asking you, let's continue to meet in our small groups. This is a time for the body of Christ to pull together. You know, the church, the early church, they worshiped at the temple, but they also worshiped in their homes together. They broke bread together. They studied the Word of God together. They prayed for one another. They had fellowship Last week, I shared with our congregation here that 
one of the uh, journalists that I was reading last week, Ezra Klein, said that one of their biggest fears in the nation right now was social isolation. Well, there's not going to be any social isolation at Woodland Church. That's a hard thing for me to say, social isolation. We're not going to have that because we're going to be focused on reaching and loving people and serving people. And we want our groups to continue to meet together and to care for one another. And if you need help finding a group, let us know at Woodland. Uh, we may ask you to start a group. You know, some of you may get together and do a replay of the message in your home. And then uh, we'll provide you discussion notes to go along with that. There's something else I, I'd like to say to us this morning as well. I've heard some people say, and, and last week, I tell you, I really, at first, I didn't see the need for, for not having services in the sanctuary, but the more I have read and studied, there is something to us being as, to, not together in these large groups. So let's cooperate. If you don't need to go to the store, you know, don't go to the store yet. And another thing, buy what you need. I haven't been to the grocery store, so I haven't seen the empty shelves and the things that people keep posting. But friends, there's no reason to panic. This is the United States of America. We have food. We have toilet paper. It's just got to get restocked, so don't panic. Your neighbor, there are people who live week to week, and you're buying things up that you won't use for six months, and you've got a neighbor that needs some of those staples. I'm from Georgia, and for some reason, I have really wanted grits. I've asked two people who've gone to the grocery store, could you pick me up a bag of grits? I think that's my comfort food, you know, grits with some butter and salt and pepper. And they've all told me even the grits are gone. So when Yankees are eating grits, you know people are panicked. So let's not just scoop up everything because we're afraid. God's going to pull us through this. He's going to meet, and He's going to supply our needs. Well, I want to take you to the Word of the Lord this morning. Last week, we looked at responding to a crisis, and that message is uploaded our website, at our website at woodland.church, no.com, no.net, just woodland.church. This morning, I would like to talk to you about how to pray during the crisis, because more than ever, we need to be praying. Our country needs our prayers, our state needs our prayers, our community needs our prayers, our families, our church. I need your prayers this morning, so I'm asking you to pray for me as well. And a lot of times, people don't pray until there's a crisis, and I'm going to address that. Please don't feel like if you haven't been in the habit of prayer, or if you haven't been in the habit of talking to the Father, that it would be hypocritical for you to pray. The most natural thing in the world would be for you to pray right now. The most natural thing is to talk to God who loves you, who sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins. I want to challenge you, though, that if you want to begin to pray, the best way is, is first of all, is to go to God's Word. And it doesn't matter if you have God's Word on an iPad or an iPhone like I use here, or if you're using a regular leather-bound or hardback or paperback Bible. But I have learned in my life, before I talk, I need to listen. 
before I speak at church, I spend a lot of time meeting with people and saying, tell me what you think about this or this subject. I want to know what people are thinking. I want to know what they're interested in. I, I want to know where they're hurting at. And so before I talk, many times, if not most of the time, I listen. And to be frank with you, I have found the times that when I have misspoke is because I have failed to listen. My mother taught me one time, she said, you've got two ears and one mouth. That means that you should be quiet twice as, be quiet twice as much as what you're listening. So I want to say, first of all, read and listen to the Word of God. Go to God's Word. If you need a Bible, contact us here at Woodland Church. We've got a Bible that specifically is designed to help you grow and help you to learn how to pray and how to listen. But start with the book of John or start with the Psalms and read and listen to the Word of the Lord before you just begin to pray. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 2, Daniel was going through a crisis experience with all of the children of Israel. And by the way, all of these notes that I'm sharing this morning, I'm sorry we can't post them for you right now, but they'll be posted later, but they're on the app. If you'll go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, don't do that now, stay with me, but, but you can go and download the app and follow along on the app because all the notes are there. But during this crisis, it had been a long-term crisis, Daniel was praying. And listen to what the Bible says. I, Daniel, was meditating on the Scriptures that gave, according to the Word of God, to the prophet Jeremiah, the number of years that Jerusalem had to lie in ruins, namely 70. I was meditating on the Scriptures. What was he saying? I was listening to God. I was reading the Bible. I was studying the Bible. I was thinking about what God says. When we read our Bibles and when we reflect upon them and when we, to meditate just simply means to, to think about it, to think it over word by word. For instance, this morning in my early morning devotions, there was a verse of scripture that just captured my heart and captured my attention where Jesus said that if we trusted him, if we believed in him, his blessings would rest upon us. And I trust him. I trust him during this coronavirus crisis. I believe you trust him or you wouldn't be listening. Or maybe you're listening and you want to learn how to trust God. You see, when I listen to the Lord, my heart is calmed. My emotions are settled down. And then I can pray not out of panic and not out of fear, but I can pray out of confidence and faith. Jesus said one time in John chapter 15, he said, if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask, you will be listened to and acted upon. What is he saying there? Make yourselves at home with me. In other words, be connected to me, live in me, abide in me. Don't turn to Jesus just in a crisis, but live every day with Jesus. Becky and I have four wonderful children that I love, and now we have three grandchildren that we love dearly, and we live together. We're connected. We're connected by, last, yesterday I was Skyping with my grandsons and laughing with them, and they were telling me about a cake they were going to have that night, and spaghetti, and meatballs, and we were connected. We were talking together. When you live in Christ, you're connected to Christ. And so sometimes when people tell me my prayers aren't being answered, one of my first questions to them is, 
Are you connected? Are you making your home in Christ? Are you living daily with Christ? Are you abiding in His Word? Because the promise of Jesus is if we stay connected to Him, if we abide in Him, if we live in His Word, our prayers will be heard and our prayers will be acted upon. Now, God doesn't always answer my prayers the way I want Him to answer my prayers. He answers them. And sometimes he answers them yes, sometimes he answers them no because he loves me, and then sometimes I think he just looks at me and shakes his head and laughs and says, you've got to be kidding me, okay? So God will always answer our prayers and he will act upon them. But when you're in a home, one of the things we all want, and maybe this applies to you, especially if you're not used to being at home with your children all day long, we want harmony in our home. (laughs) We want everybody to get along. And already I've heard some of those funny stories about brothers and sisters tattling on each other or saying they're in my space because we're not used to being at home all day together. But you know what it's like when there's harmony between a mother and a father and the children, when there's harmony around the table, when there's harmony in the family room, things just seem to go smoother. The more you live in harmony with God and the more you live in harmony with God's will, the more you're going to find that you're going to weather this crisis successfully. This is what the Lord says. Now listen, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. Now this crisis the children of Israel were in, they were exiled for 70 years because of some of the horrendous sins that had taken place. And Daniel missed his hometown. He missed Jerusalem. And he was wondering, when will this crisis end? And you know, there's a start date and there's an end date to this thing. And I believe that oftentimes start dates and end dates can come closer together when we're living in harmony with God's will. Sometimes people make lives more difficult for themselves because they're living out of harmony with God's will. I can promise you with my parents, if I was out of harmony with God's will, things were going to go much worse. But when you're in harmony with God's will, there's a blessing and there's a prosperity in life that comes. It happens in marriages. It happens in families. Listen to what, this is the most requested scripture I get for baby dedications. I, this is the rest of that verse, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future And then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Now, look at this. God says he has a plan for you. It's a good plan. It's a wonderful plan. It's a plan you're going to like because you were created for this plan. You're God's masterpiece. He says it's a plan to prosper you. Now, we're not a prosperity church. We don't come around promising people blessings, but I do tell you this. God prospers people who lives for Him. God prospers people who put their faith in Him. And you can say, I don't believe in prosperity and I want to be poor all my life. Well, you will live that way. But if you will put your trust in God, God will cause whatever you put your hands to do to prosper because He loves you and He cares for you. So don't take that to an extreme to say that, you know, we're, we're saying that all of a sudden that money's going to drop out of the sky. I have been prospered far beyond my wildest dreams in love, in relationships, in health, in healing, financially, all because of living in harmony with God's will. 
He also says that he will give you a hope. Friends, we have a hope right now. Do not lose hope. I read this morning by a, a, one of the local doctors, or I should say state doctors here in Michigan. He says, people are listening to too much news. They're reading too much social media about the coronavirus. Take a break. Friends, the news may sound hopeless, but I'm here to tell you that in Christ Jesus, we have a hope. We have a promise, and the Bible says we also have a future. And what God says to Daniel is, Daniel, you and the children of Israel have a future. So every time you meet one of our Jewish friends, every time you read about the nation of Israel, you see God fulfilling His promise. They have a future, but we have a future in Christ as well. And God says, Daniel, now listen, he says, then you will call on me and pray to me. Sometimes crisis has the positive effect, the godly effect that this crisis is having. It just has us to begin to talk to God, to pray, to, to worship, to do what we're doing right now on Facebook together. We're worshiping the Lord. He says, then you will pray and get this, I will listen to you. I told you at the beginning of this message, I always think it's best to listen before I talk. And God will listen to you when you pray. Listen to God, and God will listen to you. One of the books that had most of the profound influence on my life, I was in my 20s when I read this book. It was by Gordon McDonald's at Ordering Your Private World. And he says, when the journal opens, he's talking about keeping a, a daily journal, not a diary, but a journal. And I'll talk to you about that in a minute. When the journal opens, so does the ear of my heart. If God is going to speak, I am ready to listen. You know, I have been in the habit for decades of just keeping a journal of my prayers, the scriptures I read, people that I'm praying for. And by keeping that journal through the years, I've developed this rhythm of prayer with the Lord that I've seen what God has done and the prayers that He's answered. So the faith I have is not a psyched-up, trumped-up faith. It's the faith that I have from having lived so many decades for the Lord Jesus Christ. God says, or Daniel said then in that chapter, so I gave my attention to the Lord to seek Him, to seek Him. Let me talk to you for just a few moments how to pray, how to seek God. And here's an acronym that I use often at our church, and it's just simply the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. First of all, we want to adore God for who He is. Living in Michigan for the last 20 years, one of the things that I really miss <clears throat> during the winter is sunlight. I'm just used to having lived where the sun shines all the time. My brother-in-law called me yesterday from Florida. It was 90 degrees, and it wasn't even kind of him to share that with me. But he said, we're out walking in our shorts, and here we are all bundled up here in Michigan under gray skies. Sometimes I'll find myself going outside just to look for a patch of sunlight on the ground so I can turn my face up to it. And here in Michigan, we may go 20 days, 30 days with solid gray skies. But when you find sunlight, that's a big deal. People will start posting about it here in Michigan. I want you to understand something. This morning, God needs to be sought the same way we Michiganders look for sunlight. People get on planes and they fly to Florida. They fly to Arizona. I say, why are you going to do that? I'm going to get some sun. I'm going to get out from under these cloudy skies. 
the quickest way you can get through this crisis is to begin to seek God just the way we seek sunlight here. God says in Proverbs 8 and verse 17, I love all those who love me, and those who search for me will surely find me. I'm encouraging you, don't be cavalier about this. Seek God, search God, search for Him with all your heart. Read the Bible and listen to Him. Also, when you, when you are seeking God and you're adoring Him, that's the goal of prayer. We want to love God more and more and better and better. I want to love the congregation that I pastor better. I want to love my lost friends better. I want to love my enemies better. I want to love my family better. But the better I love God, the more I adore Him, the more I can love other people. As a matter of fact, listen to what Hebrews eleven six says. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone must, who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now, friends, hear me. I want my faith to be rewarded. I mean, what's the use in praying if my faith's not going to be rewarded? What's the use in seeking God if my faith is not going to be rewarded? I want to know Him. I want to love Him. I want to serve Him. But I also want to see answers to my prayers. You know, if you're at home right now, you know we do this a lot at Woodland. Psalms 47 says we should clap our hands and shout with a voice and to triumph to the Lord. You ought to just clap your hands that God rewards your faith. You ought to praise Him on your sofa right now and just say, thank you, Lord, that you reward my faith. I want God to reward my faith for a cure to this coronavirus. I want God to reward my faith for the doctors and nurses and techs and food service people and uh, the police and firefighters that we're praying for. I want God to reward my faith in praying for you. I want God to reward our small business community, the people who employ you and give you your jobs. I want God to reward our politicians who are seeking to honor Him and protect us. I want God to reward my faith for my marriage. My sweetheart is sitting right here, and I just want her to know, I want God to bless our marriage and cause it to continue to grow. Honey, thank you for being here and encouraging me this morning, and some of the rest of you that are sitting here today as well. I want God to reward our finances. Now, finally, some of you just said amen and clapped your hands because you want God to reward your finances as well. I want God to reward your company. I want God to reward my relationships. And you see, God says, when you come to Him, you got to come to Him with faith. you got to believe that He exists and that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. What is faith? Faith is just simply trusting God. Faith is just opening up your hands and saying, God, I receive from you. I love to be at home on Halloween night when the children are trick-or-treating in our neighborhood. When they come to the door and say trick-or-treat, they hold out this big bag and they open it up wide because they're expecting, they're trusting that they're going to get some of them. And some of them will come to my door sometimes, and they've got a mask on, and they'll say, hey, pastor, it's me. And I'll say, who's me? And they'll lift that mask, and I'll smile at them and put extra candy in their bag. Take off that mask. Take off that mask that you can make it through by yourself. Take off that mask that the government can solve this. Take off that mask that medicine can solve this. Our doctors, our scientists, our politicians, they need our prayers today. 
And I am so thankful when I saw the vice president leading that team, a coronavirus response team, leading that team in prayer because God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Did you know the first hospitals and the first orphanages were established by praying men and women of God who prayed and sought Him, and they took literally Jesus' command to care for those that are most fortunate. The second thing that I would say is God says, confess my sins. So I want to not only adore Him, I want to confess my sins. And this crisis is a good time to examine my heart. Have I let things creep into my heart? Have I let attitudes creep into my heart? Have I let habits creep into my heart? Sin is not our friend. I don't have to be afraid of the devil. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. I kind of just shake my head with pity when I meet people who are afraid of the devil or demons or things like that. There's nothing to fear. But I am afraid of sin because of the deceitfulness of sin, the justification, the rationalization of it, when we start to choose to do wrong. So Jesus taught us to daily say, Father, forgive us of our sins, even as we forgive those who've sinned against us. And again, in my devotions this morning, it's just where my daily Bible reading took me. It was where Jesus talked about the man who had been given up, forgiven of so much, and another man who had been forgiven of so little. He says, Who do you think will love the one who forgave him the most? I'm telling you, God forgave me of a great debt of sin. And God will wipe away all of your sins through faith in Jesus Christ this morning. And by the way, there was a study not just done recently that was reflected in the Harvard Business Review that simply said, when people confess their sins fully, it is a powerful way to relieve guilt but it only works if you tell the whole truth. Listen, don't lie to God. He knows everything about you anyway. When you make your confession to the Lord, you don't have to make it to me, but make your confession to the Lord and God will forgive you. Listen to what the book of Hosea says. God says, I will return to my place until they admit their guilt and turn to me. God will not move in your life would you allow unconfessed sin to be harbored in your life? God is not out to punish you. God wants to forgive you. God is not out to condemn you. Jesus said, said the Son of God didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So don't be afraid. God knows your sin, but God says when we admit our sin, when we turn to Him, God says that then He will heal us. I'm reading from Hosea chapter 5, verse 15, and chapter 6, verse 1, that He will come and He will heal us and He will bandage our wounds. So, friend, I encourage you this morning, don't harbor sin in your life. Sin will tear your life apart. It will tear your family apart. It will tear your marriage apart. But when you give it up and you turn to God, God will pour out the richest blessings of heaven upon you. And then finally this morning, next to the last, thank God for His many blessings. Live a thankful life. You say, what's to be thankful for during this coronavirus? There's a lot to be thankful for. Number one, I'm thankful to live in the United States of America during this coronavirus. When I read some of the letters and emails that I'm getting from friends in Italy, when I'm getting friends in South America, in Africa, in Asia... 
when I read what I am so thankful to live in the United States, and I am so thankful for this church that supports missions and feeds the hungry so that we can take care of those people. But you know, I'm not just thankful for living here. I'm not just thankful for my home, my marriage, my family. I have so much I could be thankful for. But can I tell you this? I have learned to be thankful for the blessings of God that I have received through all of the past trials that I come through. When I think about all of the different difficulties and battles that I personally have gone through, that our church has gone through, that this nation has gone through, when I think about all of the lessons of faith that I've learned, friends, I am thankful for the insights. I am thankful for the experience. I am thankful for every obstacle and every battle that has been won. There have been times when I thought I would be defeated, but yet the Lord has blessed and given strength, and you rise up and you keep going. Those past battles were to prepare us for the battles that we are facing today. It's the reason that the Apostle Paul would write these words in 1 Thessalonians to the church, to a church that had suffered for their faith, suffered much worse than what we're suffering now. He says, be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful in everything. And in Psalms 50 and verse 23, the Word of God says, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. Giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. So, the friends, this morning, I would say, gather your family around. If you, if you live by yourself, they, uh, get on your knees before the Lord this morning and just lift your hands and thanksgiving if you've got your family. You know, pray with your family with a thankful heart. This coronavirus, God didn't start this, but God is in control. And I have told our staff, I've told people that are here this morning helping uh, with this live stream, I think the devil thought he could shut us down. I think the devil thought he could shut churches across America down. But I believe probably more people are hearing the gospel today than ever before. What the enemy meant for evil, God has meant for good. People are hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And they're hearing hope. And they're hearing a way to come through this. And then finally this morning, the, the S and the acronym ACTS is supplication. And supplication, if, you'll, if you go to the app later or look at the outline online later, supplication is where I just simply say to God what it is that I want. And I say it with passion. I say it with fervor. I, I say it with emotion. Last night, we got home. We had prayer here at the church last night, and we got home and Becky was baking a lasagna and a chocolate cake. And I fervently wanted to get that chocolate cake. And she just turned around at me and says, no, you got to wait till tomorrow. I fervently wanted into that lasagna. And she says, no, you got to wait till tomorrow. You know, I have a way of letting her know or letting anyone else know what I want. And I hope I am communicating with you this morning. Christian, seek God. Pray. I think all of heaven is asking this morning, why won't you pray? Because the resources of heaven, the blessings of heaven, they're available to you and to me if we simply seek God. This is not a time to spend all of our time watching the news and on Facebook and Twitter but it's a time for us to hit our knees and seek the face of the Lord and let's see what God will do during this coronavirus. 
How do you do that? Well, Daniel says, you know, I started in the book of Daniel. He says, I poured out my heart, bearing my soul to God. Pour your heart out to God. If you're afraid, tell God that. And pray till the peace of God that passes all understanding becomes yours. If you're worried about your health, tell God about that. But also tell Him what you want. Tell Him what you want for your family, what you want for your neighbors. I'm praying for my neighbors. I've got wonderful neighbors. And I'm praying for all of them that God will shelter their homes and watch over them and provide for them. And sometimes we have to be an answer to our own prayers. Years ago, and I've told this story several times at Woodland Church, but years ago, I was sitting in the mall, and I was having a cup of coffee, and I was just thinking and praying about something, and I'm not exaggerating. This is exactly how it happened. I'm sitting there by myself with a cup of coffee, and I'm praying and thinking about a particular need folks needed help with, And how could we help? And all of a sudden, this lady walks up to me out of the crowd of people at the mall, and she tapped me on the shoulder, and I looked up at her. She's just a little gray-headed lady, and she said, Son, put legs on those prayers. Now, I don't know how she knew I was praying because my mouth wasn't moving. I was just thinking in my heart. But that was a word from heaven for me, to put legs on those prayers. Our supplications, our requests also need to have some feet and legs to them as well. And God says when we do that, in Proverbs 1 and verse 23, if we will come and listen to Him, He says, I will share my heart with you and I will make you wise. Oh, I don't know how to say it any better than what I'm going to say right now. I'm sure that others could be more eloquent with it. But when God says he will share his heart with me. Friends, that's all the motivation I need. When my wife shares her heart with me, when my children share their heart with me, if you share your heart with me, it pulls out of me the very best because I want to listen. And sometimes when people say, I don't know what God wants or I don't know how to pray, then I come right back to what I said at the beginning. Listen before you talk to God. Sit down with the Bible. God is going to pull us through this. God is going to give us victory. And friends, we're going to walk through this with you. But I need your help. I need your help to pastor you right now. You know, this week we've been sending out emails and we've been sending out text messages and We keep getting back responses on on one particular mass email we sent out to folks in our church. There were like 200 emails that returned to us, undeliverable, because you've changed your email. So we really need you to update your contact information with us. You share this with your doctors. You share this with other folks. But there's no way we can reach out to you if this pandemic was to get worse before it gets better. There's no way we can check on you if we don't have your up-to-date contact information. So would you share that with us here at Woodland? You can do that on the app. If you go to the app, there's a communication card on the app. You can do that online at our website, or you can just simply email us. You can email me at pastor at woodland.church, and I'll be sure that it gets to the right person to update your contact information. But we need your 
your best contact phone number. We need your email address. Uh, we need your social media account if you have one, like a, a blog post or a Twitter pay or Twitter site or something like that, so that we can stay in touch with you. The second thing that I'm asking you to do is we have been serving people in our community. We've been delivering food to the marginalized this week. We've been delivering uh, even basic supplies like toilet paper to people this week. And last night, there were folks that were blessed with food from our church as well. But the only way we could continue, I, I dropped a, a, a large check in the mail yesterday for missions that's going to some of the most urgent places that are needed right now. The only way we can do that is if you continue to remain generous with the Lord. And so I'm asking you so that the blessings of heaven remain upon your house. God says, if you will put me first in your tithes and your offerings, then I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. God says to bring the tithe to your local church, which is the storehouse, and, you know, if you're watching from another church, your tithe belongs to your local church, not to Woodland. And if you've ever been here, we say every Sunday morning, we're not trying to manipulate you. Uh, we say every Sunday morning, if you're our guest, welcome. You can let the offering plate pass you by. But I'm asking you this morning, would you give your most generous gift to help us? Be sure that you tithe and stay regular with your finances so we can continue to be a blessing to our community be a blessing to the missionary efforts, the children's feeding efforts, the educational efforts, the emergency efforts like Convoy of Hope that we support. Your financial giving and faithfulness is so important to that. I believe with all my heart, I do, that somehow or another during this crisis, God is going to make more resources available to us than what we've ever had before to serve Him with. And then finally this morning, if you don't have a small group, I want to say it again. Don't go through this thing alone. One man said to me, <clears throat> he said, you know, I don't need a small group. I've got my wife and I've got my kids. What more do I need? And I just began to explain to them why he needed a small group. You need families that you can do life with. You need men of like faith with you that can share with you and support you and pray for you. I have prayer partners who call me every single week to check up on me and to pray with me and to challenge me to be a better follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful for them. You need those people in your life, especially right now. So if you're not in a small group, let us help you find a small group. You can even request that on our church app as well. And finally, please know this, we're going to walk through this together. I'm going to walk through this with you. Becky and I are doing daily updates Monday through Friday just to kind of let you know what's happening and what's going on. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, these are going to be uploaded, and then we hope to be live on YouTube next week. If not, we'll be right back here on Facebook. But I want to pray with you before I go today. And um, if you're listening and you've never given your heart to Jesus the most joyful thing I can think of right now is having the opportunity to pray with you, to give your heart to Christ, to be born again, to have a fresh start in life. And you say, Pastor, how do I do that? It's very simple. You just simply believe God and trust God. Remember the open hands, the children coming to the door expecting to receive? Jesus says, if you believe upon me, 
If you will confess your sins, that just simply means that you agree with him that you need to be born again. God will forgive you. God will save you. He will bless your life. He will come and make his home in you. And if you listen to him, he will share his heart with you today. So would you join me in prayer right now? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you loved us so much that you gave Christ as a sacrifice for our sins, our moral failures, the things, oh Lord, that have destroyed our lives and destroyed so much that we hold dear. But you sent Jesus, and by shedding his blood at the cross, Lord, you forgave, you atoned for our sins. And today, I pray with those who just simply say, Heavenly Father, I believe that you gave your son Jesus Christ. I don't understand it all, but as much as I know how, I give my life to him today. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. If you pray that, please let me know. You can let me know here on Facebook. You can send, us a, send me an email at pastor at woodland.church. This week, I will mail you uh, some information and a Bible and a gift to help you get started in your walk with Christ. I love you, and I am so glad that we had this opportunity to be together today. God bless you.